I want to start, though, with our key text. We didn't do it last week, but our key text is in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 7. If you would look at the screens or pull it up in your device, I do want you to highlight it in your device. I'd love for you to take a screenshot of it and make it your uh, screensaver. That would be cool Something so you could see it because here's what it says. It says, uh, that ain't it. Seven to eight, next. <laughs> yeah, it says this, the end of a thing is better than its beginnings. Gosh, it is so like the word of God to be countercultural. Because in our culture, our culture is the start of a thing is fabulous. Like your wedding. That you spent months planning. Every day, listen, I'm, I'm watching some people I know who are about to get married, and boy, they posting everything, everything. We got our, got our announcements today. Oh, bridal, uh, bridal dress shopping. And we had an invitation. When we got an invitation, we called everybody together, and we had a dinner. And they doing all of this stuff. My question is, after you say I do, will we have the same attention to detail? Because everything got to be in place for my wedding. You know, this has got to be, I've been dreaming about this. Have you been dreaming about being married? Or have you been dreaming about getting married? Because you look good getting married, but you suck at being married because you've not put any attention on the being. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Just as pretty as a picture, your joke is broke behind the frame. And so we got to start, we start well is what I'm trying to say. But we're horrible finishers. The, listen, the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. In other words, the text is teaching us that it's better to settle in for the long haul than it is to have a flash in the pan kind of mentality to the thing. I want everybody to see me now. You get what I'm saying? So like the food and stuff that I'm posting now, it's just stuff I normally post. I ain't put nowhere on my uh, media page that I'm dieting because I don't want nobody to say nothing to me. Don't say nothing to me. And I don't want to be accountable to you either, so I need to be accountable to me. That's the problem. I'm accountable to others and not accountable to me. You see that? That's what social media will do to you. Will cause you to create a life to show, but have a horrible one that you never post. Come on now. Come on. I scroll down people's walls to see the real you. You know, the picture you just so happen to post when you're not going out to dinner? You know, when you're looking regular? That picture. When you're sweating in the gym? That picture. When your skin is uneven? That's, that, that's, that's what I scroll down to see. Because that's the real you. You get what I'm saying? So anyway, uh, we've been stepping over into this whole follow-through thing, and, and our desire here is, I think the plan of the Lord here is to get us to understand that, indeed, the end is better than the beginning, all right? It is at the end of life that we want to hear Christ, hear Jesus say, well done. See? Well done is different from well started. He is not going to look at you and say, well, start it. Because when you started, you were saved for real, listening to scriptures and listening to preaching and speaking in tongues and praying. But at the end of it, where are you going to be? Will he say, well done? Because well done is what gets us to heaven. It is the follow through on our life. It is the, the, the stick to that causes God to say, well done. You've had a lot of issues, but you've overcome, you've stayed with it, and now I'm going to give you a crown of life. So I want to go further in that series today, and uh, I want you to look at Judges chapter 3. There's a verse in there that I want you to see, Judges chapter 3, verse 31, that I think is, all of this is funny. The fact that this is one verse, and it reads, after him, this is a guy named Ehud that uh, comes first. So after Ehud was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines 
with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. So far, our scripture today, I want to talk to you from this thought. Follow through is in your hand. Follow through is in your hand. Let's pray together. Lord, speak to us right now in this moment. I want you, Lord, to speak very specifically to us individually. Cause us to see what you are saying, that we may be doers and not hearers. So, Lord, speak through my mouth, think through my mind, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. So, year after year, guys, we set, uh, we set goals and dreams and resolutions. And I, I kind of want to know today, if I'm by myself in this, um, we set them and then come to the end of the year and no success. Has anybody ever had that? Have you ever come across an old day timer, a calendar, and you had written some goals down and come to find out five, six, ten years later, you still have not reached those goals? Has anybody ever had that? Have you ever had a reminder set on your to-do list of stuff that you need to do only to see that little red notification that will not go away because you never did it? And then when you look back at it, you realize, shall I, I forgot about this. I forgot about this the day that I wrote it down and never went back and did it. And so, you know, I used to get discouraged. One of the reasons why I stopped doing resolutions is because it gets discouraging to realize I don't ever follow through. It gets discouraging. So I stopped doing resolutions because resolutions put me in a situation where, <laughs> Tim, you just suck at life, dude. <laughs> you just suck. It's like you start, you say it in the beginning of the year, you want to lose weight, you still fat at the end of the year or fatter at the end of the year. You suck, man. So I stopped doing that. Don't get, listen, don't get uncomfortable when I say I'm fat. That's called self-awareness. Look at y'all. Some people get, they squirm. I hate that pastor say that. Well, why don't you say it to you? Maybe it'll help you not be. You need to be real with where you are in life. I'm not good at this, and I have to get better. Listen, escapism does not serve you. Okay? You cannot escape it and act like it doesn't exist. I'll come back to that later. No, you won't. Next thing you know, you'll start blacking out your mirrors. Oh, Lord. Right, that's a whole nother. I'm going to do a lesson on that. Understanding who you are. To thine own self be true. Okay? I, I'm fat and I'm okay with that. I am. I'm okay with that. The only reason I'm not okay with it now is because I don't want to die from diabetes. Other than that, I've been a big guy all my life. Ain't never had a challenge with women. <laughs> Ain't never had low self-esteem. Okay. All right. You call me arrogant. I don't care. I'm confident. I'm cool with me. And the stuff that I'm not cool with, somebody water rolled down here. So what I'm not cool with, I try to work on. You know what I'm saying? Some stuff I can't change overnight. Some stuff I can. All right? The gym and me, we just ain't lined up lately. I'm still trying to line up with the gym. So I told the gym, chill, hang out just for a minute. I'm coming. Let me jumpstart my life. <laughs> no, that ain't mine. It's somebody's over there. Yeah. If you're thirsty and you know it, raise your hand. Okay. So, <laughs> anyway, let me, let me do what I'm saying. So, anyway, I'd like to suggest to you today that uh, the fact that we don't have success comes from two places. Okay? Number one, now listen, there are no points coming on the screen today. This is one of these messages that you got to get what you're going to get. Okay? So, you need to get your pen out. If I need to say it again, I'm cool with that. Just holler out, say that again. I'm down, no sweat. But I want you to get what you need. I'm going to give you two things, and then we're going to uh, expound a little bit, and then I'll be done, all right? Who, who don't think I can do it under my time? What y'all going to give me if I do? My own mother-in-law don't even believe in me. Boy, that's a shame. Mama was like, Mama, 
If I, get, if I do it, you're gonna have to make me some sugar-free Jello. I ain't had no Jello in a minute. Mama be sending care packages. She been on hiatus. Gotta find out. And she on strike. <laughs> okay. So anyway, she, mama, <laughs> mama said that's because they be telling me not to send you that stuff. I said, quit talking to them. That's the problem. Talk to me. <laughs> okay. So two things that I believe keeps us from being successful that keeps us from getting to follow through. Number one is the presence of oppression. Number two, the lack of actualization. Everybody say actualization. Actualization. Okay, so if 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 I really had it the way I wanted to have it, we would have taken all these chairs out of here and just put couches in here and put everybody on a couch today. Get ready to mess with your head a little bit. Okay, so here's the deal. The text that I read to you about this guy named Shamgar, we only have what I read to you about Shamgar. That's all we got. There is, listen, when you go above that, you will read about this guy named Othiniel and talks about how he uh, was a judge in Israel. Um, right before Shamgar, that's Ehud. Ehud. Ehud has a fantastic story. He was sick of all the oppression, and he went to see the king to bring the king an offering. And when he went to bring the king an offering, he whispered to the king's ear, said, hey, I got something to tell you. And so on his way out, the king was like, hold up, everybody get out. And he went back in, and this guy was left-handed. I love it. He was left-handed and had a knife strapped to his left thigh. Because the king that he went to see was the guy that was handling all the oppression over the Israel, or, uh, over Israel. And so the Bible says he get in there and he went to whisper, hey, let me tell you this. And when he did, he took that left hand and whooped that knife out and stuck him right in the stomach. The Bible says, and the king was a fat man. That's what the text says. And he was so fat that when the knife went in, the knife went in, he left the knife and his stomach closed up around the knife. And the Bible says that it went in and his entrails fell out on the ground. See, y'all be watching that crazy stuff on TV. Read the Bible. Shonda Rhimes ain't got nothing on that. And so he, listen, he was in his upper chamber with the door locked. Ehud went out through the window. He ain't who I'm preaching about, but I'm trying to set a premise here. That he went out through the window, went back to his people and said, hey, let's go and take Moab. We got this now. So what happened was the king's servants were standing outside of the door and they did not go in because they were embarrassed because they felt like the king was handling his business. And you could take that a couple of ways. But after a while, it took them so long to handle his business, they got embarrassed and they used the key, went in there, he was dead. All this about Ehud, we get the Shamgar and Shamgar says, they say, Shamgar, be 600 Philistines with an axe gold, the end. Why can't I get more about Shamgar? It's always the people who the Bible speaks the least of that I'm more intrigued about. So what I did find out is that it is during Shamgar's life and during the time that he was uh, the judge of Israel that Israel was under major oppression. They were so oppressed that their oppressors de-armed them. In other words, there was no weapon throughout all of Israel. Nobody had a weapon because the enemy says, we ain't going to let y'all come up against us like Ehud and them. So give me all y'all's weapons. So now they have no weapons. They were raided over and over again. So they were almost at the place of being uh, uh, in famine in a season of famine because the enemy would come in and take their stuff. They had such fear in their lives that they would not go the walk the highway. They would take mountainous routes to get to where they were going because they were afraid that they would be jumped on and beaten by the enemy. They were oppressed. Well, Pastor, what does that have to do with follow through? Glad you asked. Many of us are oppressed. Now hear me. The thing that keeps you from success is oppression both externally and internally. External oppression 
is when the enemy himself is fighting against you. He sends a discouragement to keep you down. He, remember now, the enemy comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. He does indeed try to bring you down. He sends seed, seeds of discord in your life. So there's always something going on. You know, you got people in your life that's always got drama. And then you're thinking to yourself, ooh, always something going on. My family can't move forward. I'm, and then next thing you know, their drama leaks over into your feeling and your mood. And you're posting stuff that says, my mood. And it's somebody all sad and carrying on. That's because that's external oppression. But I will say to you that internal oppression is sometimes bigger than external oppression. Because our internal oppression causes us to wrestle with stuff like our past failures. And the reason we feel like we can't go on and follow through is because we have a history of failing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what I said to my classmate the other day. I said, I'm having success today, but I'm worried that my pattern is going to lead me to a place of no success. Well, Tim, you just started, bro. The problem is I'm looking backwards trying to walk forward. You got to be careful with memory foam. The mattress I got is a great mattress. It's wonderful. Listen. But it does have memory foam in it. And so now I'm noticing, when you look at the bed, you don't see indentions because memory foam does not work that way. You know, you get up, it comes back up. But there is something in the DNA of memory foam that causes it that when I lay back down, it contours to my shape based on the last time the imprint that I made. Y'all with me with memory foam? The problem that I have with memory foam, and I, I don't think I'm a fan of it, is because if I'm my size now, and it creates a memory of who I am, and that's the impression that it leaves, when I change who I am now, will it change with me? More than likely not, because it's designed to remember you as you were. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so the challenge becomes, yeah, I made an impression based on who I was, but I'm on my way to a place that's going to cause me to be a new me. Are you going to form with me? More than likely, when I lose all that I'm going to lose, we're just going to flip the mattress over and start again. <laughs> but you got to be careful with memory foam in your own mind. Because memory foam in your own mind won't let you be a new you. It keeps you. Ain't no, that's nobody in your ear telling you, you know what you did. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you afraid to succeed because all you've known is failure. Memory foam. In your own brain. That oppresses you. Because when you try to lunge forward, there's something inside of you telling you, you know, the last time you tried this, it didn't work. You know what I'm saying? Last year, I was excited last year. I started the year off great. Started the year off in January, lost 15 pounds. Somebody paid for my membership. You know, because you'd be like, my Lord, you know, I would do better if I just had the money, if I could afford to do A, B, and C. The Lord says, okay. <laughs> hey, sow it into his life. I keep getting these emails that say, we want you back. It was paid for for the whole year. After March, I went here and there. In January, three times a week. In February, okay, I'm hanging in there. By March, April, then it became, I'll pick it up again. I'm going to try to go back. So then, in this journey that I'm on right now, I keep remembering who I was, which keeps me tethered to a behavior. You hear what I'm saying? Creating my own oppression. And see, some of the stuff that we have, we want to say the devil, the devil, the devil. It ain't the devil. We create our own. So when you set these dreams and these goals, because you won't let go of who you used to be, 
which allows you to become somebody new. We are oftentimes our own captor. What, it, what is it like to be enslaved only to go to the slave master's office and find that it's you? Oh, come on, let that breathe a minute. Because we want to say the man. It's the man. It's the white man. It's my boss. The truth of the matter is you're your boss. And you create habits that keep you enslaved. I'm going to let it breathe a second. This one right here ain't easy. You keep tripping over the same stuff because your boss keeps allowing you to engage in the same stuff. You. You. You're struggling with being a man of integrity. But you got secret accounts everywhere. Who made them accounts? You. Come on, you want to talk about I want to be out of debt. But you keep hiding shoes in the trunk of the car. Who bought them shoes? You? Y'all hear what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> what you say somebody talked about? <laughs> Girl, I hadn't even thought about you when I said that. But okay. What you say? Use another example. Okay, let's find another example. <laughs> yeah. We, are, we enslave ourselves. So now what has happened is that in one verse, the culture in one verse that has brought forth a deliverer is also the culture in our own lives that if we're not, if, if we allow ourselves, the one who has enslaved us can also be the one who delivers us. Okay? You get what I'm saying? You can't let your fears run your life. Steve Harvey talks about this whole jump thing. You know, his whole thing is if you're going to be better and do great things, you just have to jump. But most of us are afraid of heights. Well, how are you going to be successful? Success does not happen on a low level. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to be somebody, if you're going to be something, if you're going to live, you know all that, I'm living my best life now. And people are rich just make, writing them books and we out there like, yeah, I'm going to get it. Living my best life now. Oprah got one and Joel Osteen got one. Everybody got one. I'm going to buy it. I got all their books. But the problem is they talk about living high. You're afraid of heights. How are you going to succeed? How are you going to be successful? Because here's the deal. Follow through says I have to move from where I am. And if you're challenging yourself at any level, you should be challenging yourself to move higher. Are you hearing me? Challenge the marriage to live at another level. One person got, listen, if both can't go up at the same time, one got to go up and pull the other one up. You gotta, you gotta keep it. You gotta, you gotta keep striving for higher. That's why some of the stuff that goes on in your life, or people try to pull you into, you have to resolve. I can't be in that. That's messy. That's chicken level stuff. You hear that? Chickens don't really fly. Their flight is limited. Well, you know the whole difference between the chicken and the eagle. Eagles, I love eagles. Because, you know, there's an eagle in our area. There's an eagle over at Sweetwater that I thought one day, I thought I saw an eagle. And I was like, no, nah, ain't no eagles around here. And so I went fishing. And the game warden came up and I said, uh, Hey, man, I said, no. I said, ma'am, are there any eagles around here? She said, yeah, there's one eagle that flies around here often. And I said, I thought so, but I can't see him often. She said, no, you just see him every once in a while because people who live at that level are not people who are always seen. 
See, you, you can't be seen on every social media platform and be an eagle. I said I was going to sit down and preach, but I'm going to sit down after that. When I resolved to answer the call of God on my life to pastor, I had to shift, and I was doing a lot of music stuff here in Atlanta. And I, and I came off the scene because I had to focus on something else. And I never forget, I would see people from time to time, and they said, where you been? I was like, hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm on some other stuff these days. God got me doing some other stuff. And I faded off the scene. And whenever I appear, they say stuff like, I didn't know you were pastor. I didn't know. Tell me all that's going on over there. I didn't know. I just ain't seen you because I'm an eagle now. And chickens are seen regularly. Eagles make special appearances. When I'm an eagle, traffic stops because they're trying to see me. When I'm a chicken, nobody, nobody cares, and they just drive by. They be like, that's a wild chicken over there, and they keep going. Come on. You, listen, around in the Douglasville area, you see chickens walking around, wild chickens and wild turkeys. That don't make me stop. But when I see an eagle, I'm like, oh, my God, let me open the sunroof. That's an eagle. Heck, when I see, when I see a hawk, I'm like that. Because like that, they, are, they are majestic birds that don't have a lot of scene time. When you shut the door and feed yourself, you become greater. You can't be seen at everything. So when they get glimpses of you, they respect you differently. Nobody says a chicken is majestic. As a matter of fact, who eats eagles? Oh, y'all, <laughs> bye. It's eagles. We have chicken 50 million ways. Ducks, turkey. But who eats an eagle? As a matter of fact, you go to jail if you shoot an eagle. Why? Because they're majestic. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. It's good, though, ain't it? How did I get over here? How did I get over here? What y'all say? Oh, thinking high. That's right. Success. Success causes you to be at another level. And many of us don't jump because our fears tell us that if I jump, I'll get hurt. Or you're, you could just jump and fly. But every time you jump, you'll learn something different about the trip. You get what I'm saying? So anyway, let me keep moving. So something hit me in my back. One day, I'm going to write a book. Boy, y'all going to be like, because I got one book already in the making. I got one book already, already in the making. Anyway, so I was talking about being oppressed externally. And our fears do that. Let, let me, I got I to gotta go past this, but I got to tell you this that the way you think oppresses you. You are in bondage when you think that other people are thinking about you. <laughs> I know they think I'm lying. I know they think. I, I, be just... I had to tell somebody the other day, hey, don't take on their baggage. You're a leader and you got your own baggage. Don't take on people's baggage. Well, you know what they said to me? They said that because of their own issues. Don't take their bags and add them with your bags. You got enough baggage to carry. Don't take theirs. And trust me, they're not thinking about you. But because in your head, you think they're talking about you, and you think they think less of me, and I got to perform, I perform, I got to do, do more than this. They're not thinking about you. Get out of your own head and get out of your own way. Most of our failures to succeed comes from what's up here. And our thinking kills us such that Paul says it this way. Paul says that you need to pull down every imagination, every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 
And listen, he said, pull it down. Why would I pull it down? Because it lives in the high place. This is the high place, guys. Pent, the Pentagon, Penta, high place. The penthouse, high place. Watch this. Repent. Go back to the high place. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So you got to go in there and go to the high place and repent for some of the thinking that we've had. Got to come against that thinking. I can't do this. You'll have what you say next week. I am teaching next week that you create, you shape your follow through. We'll talk about that next week. It'll be our last. Next week is fourth Sunday. Is there only four, four Sundays this month? Okay. I have to take Sundays as they come. I don't know how many. <laughs> Sometimes they tell me, you know, it's the fifth Sunday. I'm like, oh. Okay. So listen. Your thinking hinders you and it oppresses you. Y'all with me? You got to free up your thinking. How do I free up my thinking, Pastor? You get the word in you and you start quoting the word over you. What does the Bible say about who you are? How does God see you? You're fearfully, wonderfully made. You know that. He sees you as kings and priests. You are a special people. Do you understand? Can I say something to you? And this is the thing that we miss. That the kingdom of God, God's people, is a race unto itself. The Hebrews that were delivered from Pharaoh, Moses, let my people go. He said, you are my people. So then there were other races of people, but this particular people were called his. We are our own race. So then when we come over in the New Testament, now it's not just the Hebrews or the Jews, it is also the Gentiles. So everybody that comes into the kingdom of God, we are our own race. Listen, while I am aware that the government is shut down. And because I live here on earth in America, I am aware of that, I keep my eye on that. But the kingdom that I'm a part of is not shut down. As a matter of fact, that kingdom is accelerating me. It, when my government is shut down, the kingdom is pushing me forward. You hear me? And I got some friends who work in the government. I talked to my friend Dewan, uh, Minister Dewan, who preached the other day. She's like, you know, the government's about to shut down. She works for the government. So that means when they get shut down, some of their money gets shut down. That's what I'm assuming, that maybe they don't get paid. I, I don't know. However, I'm in the kingdom. So I got to free my mind of some of the stuff that anchors us to this world. I got to go. All right? So... Oppression, the presence of oppression keeps you from following through. Here is the other thing. There needs to be in your life actualization. So let me tell you. These people, the children of Israel in this text, Shamgar and his folk, they are oppressed. Shamgar is a farmer. Hear me. Shamgar is a farmer. Pastor, how do you know he's a farmer? Because he beat 600 Philistines with an axe goad. An axe goad is not a weapon. Remember, everybody had been disarmed. There were no weapons in Israel. He only had the tool for which belonged to his job. The tool that belonged to his job. He was a farmer. An axe gold is about an eight to ten foot uh, pole that on the end of it has two things. It has a spear kind of thing to prod the ox to make him keep pulling the plow. And then from that one thing is this little hook. And they use the hook to clean the mud off the plow so it'll, it'll move. So the only thing that uh, Shamgar had was the tool of his trade. But he had a resolve. Now watch. Actualization is taking poten potential 
and making it real. I'll say it again. Actualization is taking potential and making it a reality. Most of us live our lives on potential. Well, you know, I can do this. I'm fixing to do this. I'm about to do this. You know, I'm thinking about doing this. All this potential. I got ideas that'll change the industry. All this potential, but it never actualizes. Shamgar says, I could fix all of this. I could change all of this and kill all y'all. Remember what I said to y'all about Jesus in the garden. When Jesus says, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done, that wasn't follow through. That was just a commitment. Follow through happens on the cross, actualization. You hear what I'm saying? So now he might be thinking, well, I'm so sick of this. I'm sick of this because I'm, I'm walking behind this oxen and I'm, I'm planting and I see stuff come up and all of a sudden the enemy comes in and take my produce. I ought to kill y'all, potential. I could take this one thing and kill y'all, potential. Can I, can I go you one better? We spend a bunch of our lives talking about God's potential. God getting ready. You know, God getting ready to take me out of this. When does God have to get ready? Kyle says it all the time. I'm so sick of hearing people talking about what God getting ready to do. Because we say what God's getting ready to do because we don't have faith that he will do it. So we, we don't want any specificity. See? We're not going to say, I'm losing 100 pounds this year. We're going to say, God, get ready to take this weight off me. <laughs> Just in case it doesn't happen. I, got, I didn't say he was going to do it. I said he was getting ready. So, like, well, so, what, so what? We see God. God stands up and be like, I'm about to do a miracle. Let me stretch. What are you doing, God? I'm getting ready to bless somebody. What? God, when does God have to get ready? Let there be light. And there was. Come on. He had to get ready. See, we want to make God be a God of potential. And God is a God of actualization. He calls those things that be not as though they are. And they happen. Why? Because he takes his potential and makes it an action. What do you do? So Shamgar, in my last 17 seconds, says, I am no longer going to think about deliverance. I'm going to take the potential that I have to be delivered and actualize it. So what he does, number one, he uses what he has. (laughs) Number one. Number two, he starts where he is. Number three, he did what he could do. And the text says that with a farming tool, he kills 600 Philistines who had weapons. And he was also a deliverer of Israel. My question is, what you going to do with what you got? You keep talking about if I had so-and-so budget, I could do. What are you going to do with what you got? God is the God that causes people to succeed right where they are. There's this guy named Samuel who had a whole bunch of hair. He was real strong, but he killed thousands with the jawbone of a donkey. That was a, listen, that was a donkey who had been killed rotting. He picked up what was left of a rotten situation and brought victory to a whole bunch of people. What makes you think you got to have a whole bunch of money to be successful? If your life is rotten, pick up what remains of your rotten life and work your way from what I'm going to do to what I am doing, and now I'm living victoriously. I'm trying to be finished. I'm finished. Y'all, if y'all stand up, I will be. See, see, I just gave y'all a thing. Y'all didn't move. Listen. (laughs) Come on, come on, yes, come on. 
See how y'all did? Y'all did not move. Don't be looking at me talking about pastor went over his time. Uh-uh. I said, stand up, and y'all was like, nope. Listen, you got to start right where you are. You hear me? Start where you are. Decide. Today is the day that I fire everything that does not push me to my follow through. Play fast, play fast, because I feel something pushing me in my back. Fire it. Don't give it a two-week notice. Fire it immediately. You hear me? I am very careful. I'm careful with giving formulas based on what happens in my life. I'm careful with that. Because sometimes God gives individual experiences. Some people write books about it. And then next thing you know, it becomes a movement that God was like, that was just for you, man. That wasn't for everybody. Like, you know, Benny Hinn wrote the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit, years ago. Anybody remember Benny Hinn? Yeah. And and so everybody started buying this book and it became a craze. Everybody was waking up talking about, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Well, you're not even a morning person, so you was mean saying it. (laughs) It didn't work for you. You should have been saying, Good afternoon, Holy Spirit, or Good night, Holy Spirit. (laughs) But that was his experience. So I'm... I'm careful with saying this, but, but here's some things that the Lord is helping me with, and I see it fleshing out. The day that I said, I am no longer chasing money. I'm only doing what I'm putting the earth to do. And I made myself own it by calling my wife. And I said, hey, I'm not taking any more assignments from so-and-so company anymore. I'm done with that. I feel like my call is to develop people. And the only thing in my life right now that pushes me toward that call is the church. So the only thing I'm going to do is work the church until something else opens up. The same day, the same day I got a phone call that asked the question, what are you doing with your coaching business? And I said, Freddie, you should ask me that because I'm about to take this website down. She said, you got a website? Wait, let me see it. The same day that I said to the Lord, I am firing things that keep me busy and I'm going to stay busy doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And here's what, listen, what I know is what I'm supposed to be doing, Tracy, Tracy, is supposed to pay me for doing it. Now, let me change your mind about some stuff. On your dream board, on your list, whatever it is you got, whatever that thing is in you, tell it to pay you. Tell it to pay you in a way that you can live the life you want to live and give God glory for it. You hear me? I made a declaration in my house. Listen, I'm not taking no more gigs that pays me in the hundreds. It has to pay me in the thousands or I will not take it. Only other thing, I mean, if it's like, you know, you're preaching somewhere, they give you whatever. That's something different. But everything else, and I told her, I said, we're not taking no more hundred gigs. Only the thousands. And I said, baby, I promise you, if it ain't in the thousands, I will not take it. Is that not what we're dealing with right now? Everything that comes in, in the thousands. Can I do it? And I said, Lord, here it is. I said, Lord, I got one more thing I want from you. It's going to pay me in the thousands. After that, I'm done. I don't take no more gigs. I'm done. Just preaching assignments, that's one thing. Those are assignments. But working, I'm done. And it's because I went from the oppression of what I'm not good enough for. Oh, Lord. Okay, mama, no jello. Listen. Listen. Made some new connections last year that I know 
These are destiny connections for me. I know it. But let me tell you, my thinking, Cynthia, my thinking was causing me to second guess my stuff. Let me tell you why. What I know is that Christ in the church loves me. Y'all love me. Y'all love me and every, everything that come along with me, y'all love me. But I started second guessing what I look like based on where I was going. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I started looking in the circles that I know God has taken me. Ain't no big boys out there. Ain't no big boys in that circle. They skinny. They wear tight jeans. Skinny leg jeans. Y'all ain't gonna never see me in no skinny leg jeans. Just let the, like, first of all, I don't have skinny legs. So the enemy started messing with my head. Started messing with my head, Kevin. So then I said, okay, I'm going. I'm about to go shopping. Give me a few things. So I went to a bigger tall store, Kevin. First shirt I picked up, I was like, ooh, this is nice. The shirt was $375. Y'all, I almost broke down in the store. I'm giving y'all me. Depression. I called my wife and said, hey, I need you to talk me off the cliff because I'm about to jump. And we ain't talking about success. I'm about to jump and plunge deep down into a depression. Because it's one thing to be a big boy. It's another thing to feel like I can't get no clothes to help me feel better about me. Hey, y'all, this is my therapy session. Walk, walk with me. So I talked to her. She said, hey, 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 chill out. She said, they're not worried about what you look like. They're worried about what you got to say. Okay, all right. Talk to her. Bought me a couple of pieces. Belinda called me right after that. She said, what you doing? I said, child, I'm in this big and tall store. I don't know. She said, what's your problem? I said, this stuff is so expensive. You know what she said? This one helps me understand inside. My best friend says, hey, Tim, you're walking at a new level now. The stuff that you, the income that you got coming in, this ain't going to be nothing for you. This is a part of what you're going to have to do because of where you're going. Oh, I wasn't thinking forward. I was thinking backwards. So now I have to focus on what's in me, focus on where I'm going, and then in between that, create the me that I want to be. You hear what I'm saying to you? So you can't let your thinking hinder you. You got to use what you have. And the thing that I fight is being consistent with my thinking. Because today, I am T.D. Jakes right now. There should be millions of people in here. Y'all don't even know what y'all missing all over the world. Y'all should be right in here today. Tomorrow, <laughs> I wake up in the morning. I just, I just don't know. I don't know if God wants me to. I, uh. She has lived through that many days. She'd be like, what, what kind of Monday is it? It's Pastor Depression Monday. <laughs> I'm not getting up. They got to be done with that. You know why? Because the space that I'm in right now is causing me to function and lead people on Monday. Can't just lead people on Sunday. I got to lead people on Monday. So I don't have time to be depressed. I don't have time to be defeated. Listen, success causes for me, calls me to be the best me all the time. Your bad days can't be days that drag you backwards. You hear me? I don't believe y'all are a part of this church just because. There is a Christ-centered movement that we're supposed to lead. And what I'm finding out is that where I'm called to go is not, in just, not just in church circles. These principles that the Lord gives me to give y'all, I'm turning these principles into corporate stuff and everything else. And the same prophetic flow I have here I have it over there. They just call it intuitive. They call it charisma over there. Over here, we call it anointing. Either way, it's going to get people's lives changed. Listen, and it's going to add value to me too. Use what's in your hand 
and make sure that what's in your hand brings you to a victorious place. Guys, don't use the axe gold and stay in the mud. If you're going to use it and if God's going to turn it into a weapon, make sure you use it to deliver everybody around you. You got what it takes. Use what you have. Sometimes you just need to open your mouth and ask somebody around you. The men got together this morning for breakfast and we started talking about, hey, let's, let's put together uh, a thing so we'll know who does what in here. Pastor Rodney was like, yeah, there's a lot of entrepreneurs in here, a lot of business minds in here. We can help shape other stuff. Ask questions. You got people right around you who could help you do the next thing in your life. You don't have to stay where you are. Yeah, Pastor, I don't have a lot of money. You don't need it. Listen, Shamgar was not a warrior, but he did not let that stop him from getting victory. What do I need to be today to get victory? He woke up as a farmer. He ended the day as a warrior. What do you need to be today to get you to the victorious spot? What do you need to be today? What do you need to go from potential to actualization? You got the potential to follow through and be great. My question to you is, will you transfer your potential and make it real? I got the potential to be a millionaire, but it does not put a million dollars in the bank. Potential don't put, that grave is full of potential. I want to be a thought leader, but the potential to change thinking does not change thinking. Are y'all hearing me? The potential to be a great husband does not make you one. Your wife married your potential. The least you could do is make, make good on it. Wife, being a great wife has nothing to do with potential. It has everything to do with actualization. He saw that you could be one. Don't make you one. You got to resolve. I'm taking all that I have. Now listen, I got to be finished when I say this to you. And I'm grateful for the Lord. I'm grateful for what I sense in the room because I asked the Lord to help me convey this message. Listen, you have unlimited potential. My prayer for you is that you don't stay with potential, that you choose one thing out of the bank and move it into reality. And when you move one to reality, it will spark something. And then the next thing comes to reality. And the next thing comes to reality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You cannot in any way take all of your potential at one time and realize it. You have to start with one thing. I'm done. Y'all stand.